Declaration of Independence, a show in which we... Hello. Hi. My name's Callum. And I'm Chelsea. And this time around, we watched uh, 1999 Martin Scorsese. Is that how you pronounce it? Scorsese? Scorsese? Everyone says Scorsese. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Martin, Marty Boy. Marty Scorsese. Marty Scorsese film, Bringing Out the Dead. Yes, we did. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about the film and what it is about? It is about Nicolas Cage, who is a ambulance paramedic in New York City in the early 90s. It follows him over the course of about three days on the late night shift. He is burnt out and he is seeing ghosts of everyone a, is dying on him. Of a patient that he failed to save mm-hmm. called Rose. Um he is paired with a different paramedic co-host uh for each shift, um played by John Goodman, Ving Rhames, and Tom Sizemore. Yeah. They're all different people, and it's kind of like a sort of a... It's got a weird sort of thing going on. It's kind of slice of lifey and kind of like about just the generic burnout of how shit that job must be mm-hmm. and how they're not all heroes. Patricia Arquette's in it as a kind of a love interesty kind of thing. Sort of. Sort of. It's not played it's directly really, yeah. like that. It has allusions to it. Yeah. Um. Uh. As as the as the daughter of a uh, patient who is being kept sort of on life support throughout the three nights as well. Yeah. There you go. There you go. What did? You, what are our first thoughts about this film? Okay, I found this one quite difficult because. This is. I've been in a hole this week when mm. we're recording this. This is not the movie I needed to watch at the end of this week. No, it's it's heavy, man. It's it's heavy, people. It's it, yeah. Um. So I don't know whether I enjoyed it or not. Mm. I can't put my finger on if I thought it was good or not. It was completely of its own sort of thing. Yes. It it's hard to separate the art from you and your emotions. Is that what you're kind of yeah, getting at well, almost? Yeah, and I think I don't do very well with vaguely surreal kind of stuff. Yeah. Or it's... like the the really heavy religious illusions mm. are completely lost on me because I I was never brought up that way. Yeah. I feel like I would have got more out of it if I understood more about the sort of the catholic things that he's referencing yeah maybe sort of if we went in with some sort of almost like research or background work yeah but Mm. we don't want to do that because uh we don't have the time yeah no we do have the time what am i talking about we're actors in a pandemic but but you shouldn't you shouldn't have to go into a piece of art or a film in particular with a background knowledge on it necessarily. No, but I feel like I would have got more out of it if I had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with this one, if I'm honest. Yeah. It kind of had that thing that I always get with the very little Scorsese and like big directors of that ilk that I've seen, which is this is just about men who need therapy. Oh, very much like, so. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. 
And like, I'm not into that as a main character. Yeah. I think that's why I struggle with a lot of Nicolas Cage films. Is <laughs> because I'm just, I'm not interested in that. Send the dude to therapy. Don't write a film about him. Yeah. I'm, that would be really boring if he was just playing well-adjusted people, but... Yeah, that's not why we I want to see more people it? getting mentally healthy, please. Mm. People being looked after, because clearly paramedics in this world are not being looked after. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big things, is that actually, out of the sort of four, four or five, I'd say there's probably about five lead performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so you've got Cage, his three separate paramedic mm-hmm. uh, sort of cohorts, and Patricia Arquette. All of the four men are clear, or all five of them are clearly having major sort of mental health issues. And it gets more pronounced not... as you go along. Yeah. John Goodman is kind of a little bit off, but you know, the most well adjusted of the five. You people, could maybe just write it down as someone who is very tired, yeah. very much in the mist of whatever this job does to you mm-hmm. and then as you progress on to ving rames it becomes more seedy and more sort of distasteful mm. he has a sort of he's clearly very uh, sort of clearly a, a christian or a catholic person mm-hmm. uses talks about god uses the language of jesus and prayers and mm-hmm. then towards the end of his shift he's trying to pick up hookers yeah. And then Tom Sizemore is just a a piece of shit. Oh yeah, he just actively wants to He actively hurt wants people. to like harm homeless people and people with medical health issues and 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 yeah. Um but you know that if any of these people turned up and asked for help, here comes my lefty rant of the episode. Yeah, go for it. They'd just be told shit like, "But have you tried gratitude?" Have you tried meditation? And then be put on like a year long waiting list. Mental health is a crisis yeah. in this world. Yeah. Therapy should be readily available for anyone who needs it. Very much so. I can, and alternatives I agree if more. therapy does not work yes. for you. Yes. I have done therapy. It did not work for me. I did not find the right person to do therapy with. No. And you can't afford to do that yourself all the time. People can't afford to go and find a therapist that works for them. No. Or figure out that that doesn't work and they need something else and doctors don't want to listen especially if you're a woman and you tell them you've got a mental health issue Mm. they don't want to believe it's real Mm. yeah (laughs) that wasn't funny at all that's fine it's it doesn't have to be funny it's not it's not um it's about to say it's not a funny film but there are moments of of quite obvious comedic levity I don't know if it is levity. I think it's more pushing the absurdity to the point where you go, oh, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily um, comedic in, in places. Yeah. there just, there were just absurd. There were, yeah, are moments of just sort of outright bonkersness. Mm. The one moment that makes me think that, that that was an attempt at a comedic scene is... Um, they, uh, on his second night, Cage and Ving Rhames get called to a nightclub where a band member is having a cardiac arrest. They get there, find out the guy's actually just taking a load of heroin. So Ving Rhames creates a diversion and gets everyone to like hold hands and do a prayer circle. And he starts sort of chanting like a kind of a 
over the top like preacher. gospel preacher mm-hmm. to like let's get the love in the room and bring this poor young boy back to life and while this is happening Nicolas Cage is just quietly like giving him the thumbs up telling him to pad time and like injecting something into the to the boy's arm like an adrenaline or whatever to get him up um and that was that was the only one that made me think that this was out and out that was trying to be a comedic scene Mm. but there are definitely there are definitely comedic moments in that and they come from like you said from that absurdity and that kind of slightly derangedness but what i was going to say about when i was mentioning the three lead characters uh, the f- the sort of the four male characters mm-hmm. is um out of the out of the four other than maybe John Goodman Nicolas Cage is probably the the most sort of subdued performance wise out of all of yeah. them because his role is tired yeah i mean to start with the opening scene we hear like the lowest energy, most checked out voiceover I've ever heard mm. coming from Nicolas Cage talking about how, how tired he is and how everyone's been dying on him. He's had a run of like not being able to save anyone. Yeah, he's been working, you know, night shifts for like, two weeks straight. Ambulance lights are flashing on him like he's in a fucking rave. Yeah. Tell me ambulances aren't that like in your face in the States. I don't know. I think the it's, lights were so bright. I think it's a conscious choice. There's a lot of conscious choices with the lighting in this film. That is true. And and a lot of it is to do with those sirens, these particular scenes where they're driving the streets of New York, mm. and the 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 the, the, um, the ambulance lights are are the seemingly the only thing that's lighting the inside of the cab at points. Yeah. And then there's this um, other thing which probably is an attempt to lean towards the sort of the the religious catholic underlying thing mm-hmm. in that there are a lot of scenes that are very harshly lit from above they'll yeah. be out on the streets and there there's a, there's clearly a really strong white light from above and it makes the paramedic's white shirt mm. almost glow like a sort of a, an angel imagery or mm-hmm. like a ethereal glow to things. Yeah. And I think it, I th- I think that's one thing that I've got to credit. The film looks beautiful. Oh yeah, that that one shot you've got I think it was Nicolas Cage coming out of the emergency department and he walks towards the glass doors at the front and you can see the Virgin Mary like a light of the Virgin Mary reflected in the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And you never actually see that statue in in the waiting room. Yeah. There is the the film is is beautiful and has this it really cleverly sort of tiptoes between this dark grungy pre-Disney Times Square New York kind of this is this city's a cesspool like a shithole. Mm. Especially at four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. And 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 this imagery of like this like bright ethereal glow, these like club style sort of rave sort of lights, these mm. moments where they're going a bit stir crazy inside the cab of the ambulance and things are going a bit techno on them almost. Mm. Like a, a lot of this film is beautiful, but um, yeah. It's also gross. I'm very squeamish. Mm. Um, not in real life. 
but I'm very squeamish about films. I can deal with blood if it's in front of me. If it's on a screen, don't want to see it. Yeah. So I spent a lot of this film looking away. Yeah, and it's not it's not necessarily even particularly that it's it's gory. No. There's this sort of horrible realism to the gore. I was going to say it it feels almost like they there are parts of it when he's coming to patience it's almost documentary yeah yeah in that they're going for the realism there of of the patients and what's going on yeah it definitely feels like either like there was a lot of sort of background research that went on yeah. you know scorsese sitting in the back of an ambulance truck and trying to trying to grasp that or that like shots of um you know the shots sort of filmed from within inside the moving vehicle looking out onto the the people on the streets yeah. the homeless people whether that was actually sort of guerrilla documentary filmmaking there but there's there's definitely yeah. a feeling of that throughout the yeah. film and an attempt to genuinely display a much more complex image of healthcare workers than we normally have yeah which is like it's not it's not Grey's Anatomy you know they're not sexy they're not happy they're not beautiful they are not even necessarily good nice people mm. like it is shithole it is disgusting it is busy they are rushed off their feet some of them are trying to do their best some of them clearly aren't yeah the bit that in particular that comes to mind is when we're first introduced to the sort of main hospital hub. The emergency department. Where Nicolas Cage drops off all of the patients. Mm-hmm. There's um, a, a sort of a, a waiting room, a big pair of automatic double doors that swing inwards. Someone hits it, the doors swing inwards, and the f- foot of a patient that's like bloodied and bandaged up on a, a sort of a gurney mm. in the hallway because there's nowhere to put the bed gets smacked by the door and you yeah. hear him scream and it's this it's the first instance that you have of like oh shit not not only is the sort of the waiting area of this hospital a mm. shithole but, so but so's the inside like it's no better really where you're going to be because you're either going to be out here on a chair or in there in a bed and there's not much difference yeah and you're immediately shown that doctor who she's sitting with uh yes. someone who's taken heroin or coke yeah something. they've he, taken a drug he's taken an overdose and is worried that his heart is being too fast and she's just saying well we didn't give you the drugs what do you want us to do about it yeah and it's a very it's a very heightened version of things that are actually happening yeah that like there's 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 no point denying that when you watch this currently um and heaven forbid you were to watch this sort of this time last year yeah like i probably would have just switched it off yeah not because i wasn't enjoying it or not not because i wasn't not because i didn't see the merit in it but mm. just because i wouldn't have been able to face it yeah like we are currently fingers crossed touch wood towards the end of a pandemic where hospital beds are running short and have been i mean there lockdown is... four is coming it's gonna happen because people are gonna go wild yeah we're we're just before what uh the red top newspapers are dubbing freedom monday yeah. It's currently uh, Saturday the 27th of March and we're allowed to go p- visit people in gardens next week. Yes. Which most of the world seems to have taken as let's go out and do stuff. And I'm hoping that's just a small percentage of people that the papers are blowing yeah. up. 
But we'll see. But um, yeah, there's no point in denying that when you watch this film now, there's an element that I don't know if the right word is but triggering. Mm. I watch that now, and it brings that image and that that thought to the front of my brain. Yeah. Um, and this is also coming from. I personally, I went to a hospital for the first time. Oh, I say I went to a hospital for like the first time for myself. Mm. I visited one or two people. But since I was maybe 10 years old, mm. like this week, I do not like hospitals. Mm-hmm. I do not like doctors. I think they're all assholes. <laughs> no, I, I just, I have a fear. It's yeah. as simple as that. I have an anxiety and a fear about hospitals and doctors so so watching something like this brings a lot of that up Mm -hmm. and um yeah yeah it's maybe not the best film to watch at the moment if you're feeling a little bit fragile so we'll pick a we'll pick a a happier one yeah well it's it's your pick next week this no it's not i've I can't pick again because I keep picking absolute stinkers. I can't do it. Um, yeah. So I mean, on on uh, you you said you weren't sure if you liked it. I'm yeah. I'm not sure if I liked it. I think... I don't. I feel like maybe I'm leaning towards. I think I liked it more than I disliked it. Yes. Because while it was, you know highlighting all these problems it wasn't it wasn't glorifying the people like it wasn't glorifying nicholas cage as oh, a savior when he's very much troubled. so there is a there is a clear attempt to make sure that no one is necessarily painted as a hero yeah because often in these things you get you'll get a film which is like white dude strolls in saves all the people on the streets brings them to hospitals Mm. even though they're being mistreated he's a good guy though he's doing good things when he's not in this film yeah which i i like i appreciated that yes yeah um but i yeah i'm not sure honestly whether i liked it or not i'm I'm kind of in the same place i think i'm more on the scale of i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i i think i think out of the two of us i definitely got more out of it or yeah. just simply liked it more yeah um but it's one of those ones where i'm like it's one of those films where if i watched it again i might get more out of it but sitting on the outside i'm like i don't know if i'm ever gonna watch this again yeah because the subject matter because the tone because the mm-hmm. the sort of the feeling of just like bleakness and Blech, that comes with it like am i gonna am i gonna watch it again i don't know because i was made for this sewer baby and i am the king should we take a dramatic swerve and talk about how this film is part of the scrubs extended universe <laughs> <laughs> i i fully believe it's part of the scrubs extended universe right near the end we go into icu mm-hmm. because um Man from the beginning of the film, Patricia Arquette's dad, yes. who's gone into cardiac arrest. Though he's been moved into ICU. He's been moved to ICU. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicolas Cage is convinced he's heard this man who is essentially semi in a coma, yeah. sort of in and out of consciousness. He's convinced this man's spirit is telling him 
that he doesn't want to be revived. To, to let he him die. Let yeah. him die. Um, so Nicolas Cage goes in to facilitate that happening. But the ICU monitor is Carla from Scrubs. Yeah. Wearing Scrubs. It is. It's um, it's 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 just an odd one. You just sit She's there. She's got and like go, two lines, but it's Scrubs. And I I ain't watched Scrubs since I was like a teenager. Yeah. And I don't think I ever fully watched it no, properly. No, because you call all the characters Scrubs. Well, Zach- Every single one is called Scrubs. There's Zach Braff yeah. and Scrubs. Oh, wow. You know the white dude's name. Yeah, I do know the white dude's name. <laughs> well, scrubs and Scrubs and Scrubs. So, sorry. So in Scrubs, yes. there is Zach Braff. Yeah. There is the limo driver from Frankie Munich's film, Big Fat Liar. Oh, no. There is... I, Not even, he's, that, in, he's in Clueless. Uh, oh, fucking I haven't seen Clueless in a long time. <gasps> there is a blonde lady. Yes, there is. There is um, uh, the blonde lady who I believe is a, uh, the voice of the mum in um, Rick and Morty. Oh, is she? I believe so. And then there is the ICU receptionist nurse from <laughs> Bringing Out the Dead. That's the cast of Scrubs for you. Carla, Elliot, Turk, and JD, I think Zach Braff is called. That is pulled from the absolute dregs of my brain. That's impressive. My sister was obsessed with Scrubs when we were like, maybe, I was maybe 13 and 14. Oh, you see. And then she got really into House. Yeah. I don't know what it is about medical dramas. She really enjoys them. Yeah, you see, Scrubs is a gateway drug for House. Yeah, it really is. Isn't it? <laughs> um, but you see, I'm I'm a bit like the band TLC. I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> um, Actual goofs. Uh, yeah, we got there, it's guys. A, it's a light goof episode. It's, it's a heavy tr- film. There's nothing to goof about. Um, so at one point, Nicolas Cage says the line, My mother always said I looked like a priest. And I want to question, does he? Yeah. Does he look like a priest? Yes. Or are you just saying that because of face-off? Face-off. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look like a priest, I does he? I think he could. He's got that kind of... I don't know. Is it me or most priests to me look one of two things? Okay. Slightly chubby in the face and homely. Right. Or gaunt and scary. <laughs> and in this film, Nicolas Cage looks gaunt and scary. So I would say he looks a bit like a priest. Okay. No hate to priests, obviously. No big hate to priests. <laughs> oh, okay. Come at me, priests. <laughs> Another thing that Nicolas Cage says in this film, yes, is um, well, his his co-pilot. I don't know what do you call the other person who's in the ambulance with him. A paramedic. No, okay, his the... colleague, co-worker, team member. There's all sorts of corporate speak for it. Um, so <laughs> this is what happens when you ask someone in the entertainment industry to talk about medical things. They go, yeah. Nicholas Cage and his co-host. Yeah, co-host. So uh, Nicholas Cage and Tom Sizemore yeah. are in the the, the, the cab. Mm-hmm. And Tom Sizemore says, our mission is to save people. And Nicholas Cage, in a sort of a crazed state, says, no, our mission is coffee. And I feel like uh, I could go to Dunnell Milne at the end of the road <laughs> and get a nice wooden print <laughs> Of the fray, you know, a nice piece of wood with yeah. some hand-painted typography saying, our mission is coffee. Live, laugh, love, bitches. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. It'll be on the wall of a, a, a rip-off Starbucks. <laughs> our mission is coffee. 
To be honest, I, I would get that tattooed on myself. I'm going to get... this coffee. Okay, well, if you get that, I'm going to get Mama Says He Looks Like a Priest. <laughs> Mama Says I Look Like a Priest. <clears throat> I'm sorry I was such a saint before, and I'm, I'm such a prick now! We talked about cameos. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think... Oh, look, that so-and-so from Scrubs is a cameo, but... Uh, this has got the chap from The Wire in. I haven't seen The Wire. I, I believe his character name is Lamar. Okay. You will know him. The he's main the, guy he's the from kid, the He's the kid who gets shot. Oh, in Bringing Out the Dead. In Bringing okay. Out the Dead, yeah. Yes, yes. He, you, you might know him better as the biology teacher in Series 3 of Community. <laughs> I do know him better as the biology who teacher Who has a brilliant speech about Legos. <laughs> do it. Uh, I can't remember it all fully, but it's along the lines of, like, he's come out of prison, this character, yeah. and his first job back out of prison is being a teacher in a community college, teaching biology. And he just goes, I've been in prison. Whatever happened to Legos? It used to be so simple. Just blocks, build whatever you want, and now they're all intricate pieces, themed sets. Whatever happened to Legos? And that's it. And it's, the, it's, it's, oh, it's just brilliant writing. Also, this is going to get cut, but the lecture I went to last night on queer wizards. Um, oh, yes, you, talking... you went to a Zoom lecture on uh, queer representation in fantasy sort of books? Um, sort of. Yeah. So I, um, the world of Zoom has opened up a world of wonderful, wonderful possibilities for me. You're only a year too late. Yeah. Um, only a year too late to jump on the Zoom lecture bandwagon, but it was by the University of Regina in Canada. It was a very good lecture. It was by uh, Dr. Jez- Jess Battis. Mm-hmm. Um, and their lecture was super fun. But they were talking about how they were... Uh, they went to a community college and they were saying that community really hits the nail on the head of being slightly exaggerated but so true to the community college experience. Yeah. That's good to hear. And that's going to get cut because it's nothing to do with... Oh, it's with this film. I'm definitely cutting it because you're enthusiastic about something and I hate to see you happy. Ah! I had a really good time. I like talking about wizards. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a lovely time. I might keep it in. You never know. One more sort of subject. Yes. So many needle drops. So many needle drops in this film. Do you know what the term needle drop means? No idea what you're talking about. I'm sitting there going, is he talking about all the drugs that were on the no, floor? Or no. is he talking about needle scratches? Like uh, No, records? almost. A needle drop is, needle is, drop? is when uh, uh, a film uses a popular piece of music, real life music, right. rather than a score composed. Okay. So the soundtrack, like every 30 seconds, seemingly is a new Rolling Stones song or expensive piece of music that only Martin Scorsese could afford for his weird little paramedic film. Is it bad that I didn't really notice? And that's what I was going to say. Normally, in a film, I would fucking hate that many needle drops. It would annoy me. And while I noted it and did go, this is a lot of needle drops, I think it worked. Yeah, I mean... If anything, the sound I've come away with from the film, and I'm not great with sound. It's not really a way my brain works in very well. Yeah. Which is great when we're making a an audio medium podcast. Yeah, Baba Booey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> why do you keep saying that? I don't know. I'm um, Howard Stern now. 
Yeah, my head doesn't really work in that way. I don't process sound very well, I don't think. Yeah. Um, But the noise I've come away with is that siren noise more than anything else. Mm. I think that's kind of one of the things that, that, yeah, that works about it is that there's, so that a lot of the soundtrack is like kind of, sort of 70s sort of funk rock mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like rolling stones in there there's a lot of like actual soul and funk music as well yeah um and that has that kind of similar it kind of has that kind of slightly manic sort of tired but coked energy to it yeah and i think that's why he's gone for it it's a very scorsese thing to do like he likes to put popular music in things um, like he's used "Give Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones mm. in like every fucking film he's ever made, <laughs> including Gangs of New York, and it didn't make sense. I don't know if you, I have Gangs, a, I have Gangs a... of New York set in the twenties or something. Yeah, that was the joke. Oh, I didn't realize you were joking. I've never seen it. You can't joke to me I, about movies. I I haven't seen it since like sixth form, and I don't think I understood it. Um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he's known for doing a lot of needle drops, but it, but yeah, yeah, normally it's something I don't like, but it kind of worked. There you go, thumbs up. Beautiful. Okay, um, it's gonna be a nice short one. Yeah, do you want some reviews? So let's get straight to some reviews, shall we? Yeah, we don't have a glass Nicolas Cage pick because it's very restrained. Oh, there's a moment where he goes, "Ah!" when he's resuscitating the guy that he doesn't want to resuscitate. Yeah. But uh, what, on the uh, Nicolas Cage scale, it's oh, like less than a one. Oh, well, I described it as a Tom Cruise falling out of a fl- uh, plane <laughs> It sounds like the falling out of a plane meme from uh, <laughs> the, the Mummy the mummy, um, the mummy, mummy reboot. When they released a trailer with no sound. Oh, it's a gem. Oh, beautiful. No soundtrack on it. Anyway, do you have some Amazon dot com reviews for us they are amazon.co.uk reviews bullshit i quit <laughs> this is me like slamming into things yeah no. it's me jokes on you you're stuck in the cupboard <laughs> I, I, physically I can't literally get can't get out <laughs> um i mean unsurprisingly it's rated quite highly i think unsurprisingly because it's a scorsese film I yeah, there's definitely an element with all of these reviews where, even if it, I don't think it's a shit film. No. But if it was a shit film, people would be like, "But Scorsese." Yeah. So there aren't many one and two star reviews at all. It's mainly three to five. Is it a lot of this DVD? Was oh, the it's wrong mainly one? <laughs> this DVD doesn't play. Yeah. Um, but um, Hassan Abdeen mm-hmm. gives it one star. Titles the review, Downfall of Nicolas Cage. Oh no, not at all. The trailer of the movie gives you a real picture of what to expect, but unfortunately, I didn't believe that Nicolas Cage would make such a mistake. I'm not sure which mistake he's referring to. But they're not sure Nicolas Cage would make such a mistake. Yeah. The film is very poor in all aspects, and the story is meaningless, and I do not understand... What were Nicolas Cage thinking when he got himself into this? He's probably thinking, oh, wowee, Marty Scorsese. (laughs) Big time Hollywood director. Watched the trailer before going ahead. It was very painful to watch this movie. Not to mention the DVD that I got stuck with. What, What do you mean got stuck? What? I don't. 
I just don't know. Is I'm he having trouble disposing of it? Maybe. Just pass it on. <laughs> Give it to a friend. I mean, to be fair to Nicolas Cage's character, he spends a whole movie trying to quit. Yeah. Trying to get fired. Yeah. Sonny Burnett gives the film two stars. Calls it Nick Cage! Exclamation mark. Okay. Dated. That's the review. The film's dated. Dated. Oh, is it? It does what? say at the beginning of the film. Early this 90s. This is set in the early 90s. Yeah. It's, it's a period piece. Yeah. <laughs> dated. Dated. Gone, gone with the wind. Two, dated. Two stars. Ingrid Bergman? Is that someone who's in Gone with the Wind? I do, I have a film review podcast, and uh, is Ingrid is Ingrid Ber- is, is Ingrid Bergman in Gone with the Wind? I don't think can I try the joke again? Yeah, you can try the joke again. Here's here's another review for you. Okay. Two stars. Singing in the rain. Two stars. Gene Kelly. Dated. Best film of all, one of the best films of all time. Oh man, I need to watch Singing in the Rain again. It's a Wonderful Life. It. Two stars. Jimmy Stewart. Dated. <laughs> Peter Lloyd gives big, it five big stars. Big fat liar. Stop it. Big fat liar. Yeah. Two stars. The guy from Scrubs. Dated. It is very dated. It's, it's actually very dated. Also. I'm not doing Back that. on Guy from Scrubs um, Turk. territory. Turk? Turk is the character's name. I don't know the actor's name because I don't know actors' names. Turk. Turk from Scrubs. It's a documentary. <laughs> we have to watch Clueless. I'm making you watch Clueless Okay, we'll soon. watch Clueless. I love Clueless. His podcast idea. Yeah. Clueless back Clueless. <gasps> yes. In which Just a one-off podcast in which I watch Clueless for the first time. You've seen Clueless before. It wouldn't be the first time. That's dishonest. Shit. Shit. Clued in about Clueless. <laughs> Where we analyse it line by line. One scene per episode. Amazing. And that's we have to watch it scene by scene. Oh, we don't watch the movie. Don't watch the whole it. film. We just watch a scene at a time. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Let's do it. Clued in about Clueless. Peter Lloyd gives the film five stars. Calls their review. Patricia Arquette. Dated. DVD, another towards my collection. Oh, no, they've got a Patricia Arquette collection. <laughs> yep. What a creeper. I mean, I have a Maggie Smith collection. That's bad, isn't it? Yeah, but I get the feeling There's that this... There's lots of classic movies in it. Though. I don't know. I just get the feeling that this person is doing it because they have a little sort of crush on Patricia Arquette. How do you know I don't have a crush on Maggie Smith? Oh, I don't know. I, I do have a crush on Gillian Anderson. I know we you do. established that this week. I know you do. And rightly so. John and Jeannie. Yeah. I miss you. What were you going to say? I was just going to say Jason Momoa. <laughs> the whole world has a crush on Jason Momoa. Woo, swoon. I just... I'm still not going to watch the Snyder Cut, though. <laughs> I will at some point when it's free. I'm not a maniac. <laughs> He's just such... Such a beacon of a man i think i would be intimidated by him even though he seems like a really chill nice guy yeah i think i'd be a little bit scared at all times i think it was when i saw him on snl that's when the attraction truly set in for jason Momoa, because that's the the chillest he's been because i was like 
whew, he's Aquaman hot. And then I saw him on SNL and I was like, dude, you chill. <laughs> Every time I think you're you're done, just give me another reason why you like Jason Momoa. I like that bit where... <laughs> Stop it. Here we go. John and Jeannie, yeah. who I'm assuming is two people, but only one of them is writing the review. I'm assuming John, because it's usually Johns who write reviews. Yeah. Not to gender stereotype, but I'm going to gender stereotype. Jeannie could be a Karen. She could, but her name's Jeannie, so... Oh, true. Five stars. Awesome in HD. I really enjoyed it even more than the first time I watched. We are all dying! In caps lock. Oh, that's part of the podcast. (laughs) That's the review. review. We are all dying. Yeah. Awesome in HD. I really enjoyed it. Even more than the first time I watched. Cage at his best. Say no more. We are all dying. We are all dying. And I can't remember if that's a line from the film. I'm going to hope it is. That's the message they took away from it. Jonathan Reed gives it five stars. Yeah. Calls his review five stars. Dated. (laughs) As a paramedic, I love this film and would love to use some of the lines on my patients. Uh, no. No. That would no. be the most unprofessional there thing is, you could maybe do. There is a scene in which one of the paramedics chases a, uh, a, 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 you know, a man with a mental health condition around New York and beats him up with a baseball bat. Yep. Do not take paramedic tips from this film. Please, God, do not. I d- there is something that I must say I didn't necessarily you enjoy. You're going to say you should beat up homeless no, people with baseball no, bats. No, no, not at all. Thank you. There is something that I must say that I found fun about this film was the creative ways that um, paramedics dealt with the, the, the problem that is part of their job, which is nuisance coolers slash repeat patients who don't necessarily have a problem. Yeah. And there is one scene in which the asshole Tom Sizemore character sticks a sort of a, 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 an, an, a, ECG pad. an ECG pad on a guy's head and says this is new technology and it's going to turn gr- it's g- like to try and stop the guy from killing himself basically yeah. and it's not in any way commendable and not in any way sort of actions that we should replicate but I did enjoy a certain level of uh, creativity that came with it yeah I suppose <laughs> If an actual doctor did that, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? But then this is a film. This person lives on the streets and needs help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a film. It's a film. It's a film. Five stars. It's a film. (laughs) I'm like a prickly pear. So that was Marty Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead. Um, It's available here in the UK on Disney Plus. Yes. Um... I'm 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 currently enjoying a lot of the slightly more esoteric and weird films that have been added to that service because of the star. Please give us Disney Plus money sponsorship. I love the service, guys. I mean, we did get to see Waitress, which I've never seen. Yeah. We've seen the musical, and I really love that film. Last night I watched great. Kung Pao: Enter the Fist. Uh, a comedy film made in the early 2000s in which uh, the majority of the footage is actually from a 1970s Chinese action film and they've simply digitally inserted a new actor and then redubbed all of the footage. It was weird, but I enjoyed it because I could see it. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, where else are you going to get the chance? Netflix ain't buying that shit. Yeah. It was an odd film. It's one of those kind of cult classics. It wasn't necessarily for me, but I enjoy that it's on there. Anyway, Bringing Out the Dead is one of those weird esoteric films that you might not normally see on a streaming uh, service. It is now on Disney Plus here in the UK. Yes, indeed. Um, do we know what we are going to cover next time? You tell me. I've told you. I can't pick. I keep picking stinkers. I have no taste, apparently. Let's go with... Say it. Please say, say, it say something me. lighter. Say it with me now. I don't know what you're gonna say. Say it with me now. Look at look at my lips <laughs> okay. and say it with me now. Okay. Teen, Teen Titans, Titans go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Yes. I knew it. We're gonna watch Teen Titans go to the movie next. Yes. It's the lightest Nicolas Cage film I think I can think of. Maybe he is in movies. it for a glorified thirty second cameo, as far as I can remember. Oh really? Yeah. Why are we watching it then? Because we want to watch Teen Titans go to the movies, baby. Okay. So join us next time. Teen Titans go to the movies is available here in the UK on Netflix currently. Um, or if your local cinema is open, is probably playing on a weekend at nine o'clock in the morning with a free box of popcorn because that's seemingly the only place you could watch it was in yeah. those kids club sections. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll see you later. Have a bicky. Oh, yeah, nice bicky and a cup of tea. Uh, look after yourself, everyone. Chill out. And, um, whoa, this, what is this outro? Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to our silly little podcast. If you've enjoyed yourself, the best thing you could do for us would be to leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people find the show. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, you can find us on all the usual social medias at Nick Cage Pod. That's at N-I-C-C-A-G-E-P-O-D. I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And if that's still not enough, or if you've got a spare couple of quid burning a hole in your pocket, you can buy us a virtual coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Nick Cage Pod. After all, we need to pay for these ridiculous movies somehow.